It's the Ringer NFL Show brought to you by DirecTV. Kevin Clark and Robert Mays here with you, and we've got some great news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded NFL Sunday ticket this season. So if you live in an apartment or enrolled in college, you can now get NFL Sunday ticket without a satellite. This is huge news for us, Robert. Makes my day. Your health and happiness will be dramatically affected when you can watch football other than the Chicago Bears. You'd assume that I would have made that decision a long time ago, but just the fact that I can is empowering. Knowing that I can kind of control my own destiny as far as my football watching life is concerned, it's empowering. You I feel can pretty watch good about it. The Patriots, for instance, you could watch. Eh. You could watch the Green Bay Packers. That I don't really want to do either, but I assume I'll be watching a lot of both of them. You could watch the, the Pittsburgh the Steelers and their high-flying offense. You can see what real quarterback play looks like while you flip over to Mike Glennon every once in a while. I really hope there's not a lot of Mike Glennon. I, I hope this is a short-lived thing, Robert. and I can just, even if I'm not home, maybe I'm somewhere else, and sure. I want to watch. Mitch Trubisky on my direct TV without the satellite. It's all important. Even if there's a lot of Mike Lennon, there doesn't have to be a lot of Mike Lennon because you can get NFL Sunday ticket anywhere. <laughs> Plus, you can get access to our favorite thing in the world, the Red Zone channel, which the Bears and my local team, the Los Angeles Rams, will never be on. The ba- no, the, there's actually a rule. It's a contractual obligation yeah. now from the Red Zone channel. That Goodell stepped not in. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, at this point, that's the type of stuff that needs to be legislated. Yeah, so that will be a channel where you get nothing but good football. Yeah, touchdowns. We like touchdowns. That's you it. assume there will be some pick sixes involving the Jets, you know, and, and maybe the Rams. the Rams, but for the most part, it's going to be offenses scoring touchdowns. So the teams that you want to see are going to be the teams that you do see. Exactly. To see if you're eligible, go online to nflsundaytickettv and use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. I also want to thank our other sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. With their seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code RINGERNFL. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code RINGERNFL today. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me on the other line, it's Kevin Clark. Kevin, how are you? Can't get enough of this preseason football, Robert. Is that true? No. I think I've had enough of it, to be honest I'm with done. you. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, at this point, I love that the stories, oh, the NFL is considering getting rid of a preseason game or two. They always come out around this time because even the league office looks at this and says, yeah, that's, that's enough of this. I was looking at the images from Heinz Field just how empty the seats were. It's like, is this really a good idea? And just all the injuries that happened. I mean, so many guys think about George Fant going down in Seattle, players that are crucial to their team's eventual and hopeful success. And they're gone before the season even starts. It just doesn't make sense to me. How many preseason games does the NBA play? Like five each? Like five. One to, after the lockout, they played two each. It was great. I mean, and it was just local. 82 NBA games. Yeah. Let, let's, for, let's just do some basic math here. If there's 16 NFL games, why are there four preseason games? It, it, just makes it, used, no to be, sense. it used to be 14 and 6. Oh, God. Yeah, well, that's exactly, to, here's that's the what thing. I want. Here's the thing is they used to, and it's like every sport, same with spring training, they used to just like play these guys into shape. 
And and also, you know, you didn't know a lot about guys, you know, bigger, you know, bigger question marks about guys you needed to see them close up. Now you just, you know, you look at the film of these guys. It's it's a totally different era. Four preseason games is ridiculous. Well, we're halfway through the preseason. We're also halfway through our preseason. Of our 33 questions, we've answered 17 of them. Today we'll be doing three more. We'll also get some questions from Twitter, which we haven't in a couple shows. Good time to do that again. As always, we come to you on Tuesdays and Fridays, and we're moving through these, Kevin. I mean, by the time we're done today, we're going to be two-thirds of the way done. It doesn't feel like we've been going that long. And th- we have a lot of questions left to go. I, mean, I know. I feel like we have bigger questions are still looming. 33 questions was not enough. Next year, it's 500 questions. We're going to start it out today after the Super Bowl. A couple of years ago, when Bill Simmons hated me more, we were doing like our first steps into the preview for the NFL. And he made me write one thing I was excited about regarding the NFL season every day for 100 days before the season started. Every day. Literally every single day. For, it was a for horrible pu- for task. For publication? For publication, yes. Mm. On, on Grantland.com. I... It did not, I do not miss doing that. I'm glad that is a thing that we've abandoned. And I'm really hoping that me reminding him here doesn't lead to somebody doing it later on. I will apologize no, we're, to that actually, person. We're, having a, we're re- rebooting that. <laughs> it starts now. It yeah. takes two times a day to make we're up for lost time. That. All right, here we go. Question number 18, the first one of this show. What is the biggest roster decision that has to happen? as we move through these last two preseason games. And I think that this was brought on by us thinking about the fact that preseason game three is right around the corner here. What are the biggest moves that a team has to make with the little time we have remaining before the season? Why don't you go first? Okay, I think that the Buffalo Bills should go into full tank mode. I think that's a great idea. What, do you, what does that involve for you, though? How far do they have to go? Well, I mean, obviously, the salary cap ramifications, they're one of these teams. They have less than $10 million in cap space, so they can't just, you know, be like some of the other guys and just say, screw it, we'll trade anybody, we'll cut anybody. Um, but obviously, they've, they've made some some moves. Um, they, you get rid of Sammy Watkins, you get rid of Darby, and you're sort of suggesting a path towards the 2017 season that does not involve the playoffs. So I think you go a t- step further. There's a lot of teams. We're going to get to your team in a second, but there's a lot of teams that are with a huge question at quarterback. I would call and say, hey, Tyrod Taylor is available for a high pick. You're not going to get a first-round pick for him, but, I mean, maybe you get a second or third. I, you know, he, he's not – he's a really good quarterback, and I think that, you know, I, I think he's definitely a, a, a top 16, you know, top half of the league quarterback – and a lot of teams need that. Right now, and nothing against Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon won a quarterback competition this week. That's not good for the team in question. We're going we're to get to that. Don't you worry. Okay, so if you're doing, I would, I, if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm sending a 31-team mass text saying, guess who's available? Everybody. I think that's a great idea. Well, I mean, there's why, no reason why, Shay, not to do that. Why not? Why, why I may, I'm probably screwing up the salary cap implications. Is there any reason not to trade Shady McCoy? He's 29 years old. Uh, I don't think it helps them at all. I mean, there's going to be a lot of dead money on that. 7.8 million, 7.9 million or so. They don't save anything. So keeping him on the team this year is not necessarily the worst thing. I, I think there are guys that it would make sense just to let go that are aging. He's up there. He's not as old as Kyle Williams. You know, a guy like that that could have a last little run with some team that needed some sure. interior line help. By the way, but, $7.8 million in dead cap is not that much. He has an out after this year, which would be 5.2 in dead cap. I do I do think that maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, he'll probably get out of his contract next year and go go win a Super Bowl. I, I think there are guys that could have value. It's hard to trade away your whole team just because of the optics. Sure. And I know that that's not how you should make decisions when you're running an NFL team. And I feel like even the Sammy Watkins trade is... 
a move that takes some balls to actually pull the trigger on. I mean, just saying, this is the best player possibly on our team. We're going to deal him because we need a plan. Because the Bills absolutely were one of our don't-have-a-plan teams when we were discussing this earlier. They didn't have one, and now it seems like they're trying to formulate one. And I feel like just throwing everything you've got at that plan isn't the worst idea. I will say they hedged the the tank optics a little bit by getting Jordan Matthews on the same day they got they got rid of Sammy Watkins. Sure, but I mean Jordan Matthews is that's still, I, his last year of his contract. No, me, like, I get that. I get that. I'm just saying there you can tell you're not going full, you know, Cleveland Browns 2016, Philadelphia 76ers the last 5 years by getting a quality player on the day you you shed an elite talent. I would be remiss during this segment of the podcast if I did not mention Anquan Bolden. Um, yeah, that's obviously a big part of it. I mean, Anquan Bolden retired. I wrote about it uh, yesterday for the ringer. He's one of my favorite players in the history of football. Like I've derived more joy from watching Anquan Bolden than pretty much every single person I've ever watched play. Mm-hmm. I am sad that it is going to end because I was convinced that the way Bolden plays, he could have caught 60 passes a year until 2050. I still believe that might be true. He just chose to walk away. He was not kicked out of the league. He chose to do this. Yeah, I mean, it's really funny to me. We talk so much about how old can these this generation of players get and people, oh, Tom Brady can play until he's 47. Aaron Rodgers wants to play 10 more years. And Quentin Bolden is somebody who could have just been 50 and still getting, you know, 800 yards a year. That's exactly who he is because he was he ran a four seven two when he came into the league. It doesn't really matter that he runs a five zero now. He's still the same guy. It's amazing. I he I really gonna miss him. There's nobody like him, and that's what I wrote today. There's nobody that could survive, and not only survive. If he had played this season, he would have ended fifth, at least fifth all time in receptions. He's one of the most productive receivers of all time, and half the guys with his physical profile couldn't even make it in the league. He had so, a 70% catch percentage last year. That's He is a phenomenal player. He only I, had I'm about 600 yards, so but the idea to get eight touchdowns in a 70 was almost a career high for him. Yeah, I miss him. I'm going to miss him. I, I know that for certain. But I agree with you on the Bills, and I think that one of the teams that should consider making that Tyrod Taylor phone call is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh-oh. In We're opening mind, up. Are we opening up two straight weeks of shows with who should the Jaguars trade for a quarterback? It's just they have to figure out a better solution here. And as I've, it's one of those things I was thinking about it this week. If you didn't, if you thought for any reason that Bortles might go to the bench, if you weren't so committed with to him because of the pick that you spent on him and everything else, because you picked up the option that you said one hundred percent he's the quarterback all year. Why wouldn't you bring in some quarterback to push him? Yeah, what the hell was that? It it just, the only way you don't make that move is if you say right off the bat, Blake Bortles is our quarterback. That's happening. We're not getting off that. So now that you have admitted that that's not true, they put a question mark in the quarterback spot on their depth chart today. Then Uh, you you have to do something. I mean, mean, the, the the question mark was always implied. Yes, of course. Now it is more than implied. Now it is open and honestly a question mark at quarterback. Now, here's my question to you. So I'm sorry. So go ahead with your solution first. Bring in somebody. Okay. Uh, somebody. I'm just you, okay. you, you have to do something. We've oh, seen yeah. in recent years. It's been because of injury that the Sam Bradford trade happened last year, but it shouldn't be that level of desperation mm. to make you make, make some sort of move, whether it's calling about Tyrod Taylor, whether it's signing, signing Colin Kaepernick, whether it's any of those things, there needs to be some move that happens at quarterback for Buff, for Jacksonville because they are not in full tank mode. They gave out a, like $92 million guaranteed in contracts this offseason. 
They're trying to be a good it's the team. Fifth consecutive offseason, they've given out ninety million dollars of contracts. It, they're they're trying to be a reasonable NFL team, and to do that, and then have it's like if you had a Ferrari, but you put like a two liter engine in it. It, it just doesn't make any sense. There, there's no logic behind the way that they're doing this. Saying that they just were willing to roll with those guys for whatever reason just doesn't make any sense to me. I'd be careful on the Ferrari thing with the Jaguars talent. I'm just, I mean, it's not quite to that level. Even if it's like, I don't know, what's a mid-tier it's car, Acura. not a car guy. It's an Acura Yeah, ILX. sure. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever's like a decent car, a car I can't afford but other people would aspire to. I drive an Acura. So there you go. It, so was, there, a, there it, was, it, a, it was a shot at me. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I have, there's something that has to happen here and it, I don't know what it is, but there, you can't reasonably just say, and eh, we're good with this and ride into the season. Not with the other decisions that you've made. Other teams can be patient. You know, I think San Francisco can be patient. I think the Browns have been, but Jacksonville doesn't have that sort of timeline. That's not in line with the decisions that they've made. One of the things that was so interesting to me. Um, some of the the coaches that Bill Belichick is friends with talked about Belichick in Peter King's column this week. And the thing he's so good at is resetting everything at zero and starting everything year to year. He doesn't care what happened last year. He truly doesn't care that they won the Super Bowl at this time of the year. And I think that NF, most NFL teams have to operate that way. It really is year to year. I know we're talking about the Bills tanking and stuff, but unless you have, like the Bills, a rookie head coach and a rookie GM, and in Jacksonville, you don't really because Marone is a second is a retread coach, and you have Tom Coughlin with lots of experience. And Marone was there last year yeah. to watch Bortles. Exactly. It's not exactly. as if he just ran into town. Exactly. If you don't have that situation, you should try to compete as best you can. The rebuild is over in Jacksonville. I've written this many times. You cannot have a rebuild that lasts for more than about three years in the NFL because of the way contracts work, because of just the windows and in, in, in players' careers. You only peak for maybe two and a half seasons. And so you have to start winning. And so this year, the Jacksonville Jaguars have to go out and swing for the fences. Last, last week, I suggested Alex Smith. I would also suggest, obviously, Tyrod Taylor. Um, there's a couple of guys. I mean, anybody, man. Any AJ McCarron, who cares? Who cares? Those are the names. Those that's the level of name. I think Alex Smith is there. I mean, based on what Andy Reid has said, it doesn't seem like that's changing. No, I, but I know. Think the other but guys, you call them. The other guys are in play. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't be, and I don't understand why you wouldn't be trying to work the phone. What is the highest pick you'd give up for Tyrod Taylor? Uh, if I'm the Jaguars, yeah. Would you give uh, up your second round pick for Tyrod Taylor? Mm, it depends. It depends what the market. If you can get AJ McCarron for a third round pick, I'd rather have AJ McCarron for a third round pick. Just because I, I don't believe. I believe you just need, need competence and see what happens. I, I, you know what? I'd probably give up a second round for Tyrod. That's yes, I would. I don't know, man. I feel the same way. I mean, it's I only know there's. It's he's only got two years on that deal after restructuring it, but it just is worth it to me. You see if you can keep him around, see what that offense looks like. Can you imagine what it would look like with Tyrod Taylor throwing to Allen Robinson? I'm into that. I, I would he like would to throw see that. As, as, as the Jaguars receivers are known to want, uh, he throws the ball inbounds. No, inbounds. He instantly makes Leonard Fournette better Yep. just because of his threat to keep the ball. If you saw what that kind of running game was with Taylor last year, yeah. I mean, it would be a pretty big departure from what they probably tried to do with Bortles, but it just, still just seems like even midstream, it's a move worth thinking about. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Upon further reflection, he's definitely worth a second round pick. Although, you know, and also, you know, the Jaguars hopefully don't have like the second pick in the, in the second That's round. That's what I'm ever saying. Again. Especially with that, it just feels like you have to try to get the most out of this roster that you've spent so much trying to build.
If, if they don't try to compete now, what is the point of the Jaguars? That's I, I, that's exactly my thought. I mean, it's like, I guess you could kind of argue that it's the new regime, but like you just said, it's not really. Yeah, Tom Coughlin started the franchise. I understand <laughs> he's new there, but like, there's there's got to be some continuity. Did he say it's like the same people, like a bunch of same people are still there? I mean, come on, let's go. And Marone's been there for what, three years? Yeah, I mean, there's enough continuity there, and they've tried to formulate and enough crucially, roster to try to build it. there are good players there. Yes. Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boy are like a top, I don't know, 12 cornerback combination. And I just feel like there's more talent on that defense. I, the line still gives me pause, but the receiving talent, everything else, there's enough players there to say we should try to make some sort of run at this. They're not playing in the best division of all time. You know, like it's not the AFC East. They don't have to beat the Patriots. They have to beat three teams that have question marks of their own, even if we're excited about a couple of them. Hey, I think that even with Bortles, I think that the Jaguars might win more games than the luckless Colts. I that's totally fine with me. I do not. I just want to you. throw that out there. I feel like they're. I feel like the Colts, if if luck doesn't play double digit games, are headed towards like a complete disaster. They should bring Curtis Painter back for this year. Is what I'm saying. Oh my god! Get the <laughs> band. Just get the, get the band back together. The band back together. Get the it's band a back together. Band. They should just draft Sam Darnold after they go one and fifteen, just to piss everybody off. Just hoard uh-huh. franchise quarterbacks. Every time there's a franchise quarterback, the Colts are just going to have a one and fifteen season. <laughs> All right, before we move on, if you're like me and you're not so great at planning ahead, there's this awesome app called Hotel Tonight that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. It sounds counterintuitive, but unlike flights, hotel rates usually get cheaper at the last minute. And Hotel Tonight helps hotels sell their unsold rooms, allowing them to pass those deals along to you. These aren't last resort places. They're actually cool, top-rated hotels you want to stay in. And with so many awesome partner hotels in a ton of different countries, Hotel Tonight can help you find a great hotel almost anywhere. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or finally going on that trip you've been wanting to take for a while. Because even though the app's name is Hotel Tonight, you can book up to a week in advance. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. So get in on these killer last minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. All right, Kevin, let's get into the, our next question here. Uh, this is going to be a, a little bit lighter <laughs> than the last one. For, for, it's been a lot of like what teams are bad and are going to be bad lately. So we're going to switch gears a tiny bit here. So the next question we're going with, who is this year's bandwagon team? And, and I yeah. think we can kind of think about this a couple different ways. You know, Who's going to be the team du jour early in the season? Who's the team that people are going to kind of fall in love with? I also would frame it as... If you didn't have a team, say Barnwell and I got this a couple years ago. Somebody was like from Germany and was just getting in the NFL. He's like, what team should I get into? Which team would be fun to like? And I like that question because it feels like you're looking at the entire league with clear eyes. Like, who do I actually care about independent of the things I believe? And so it's a good one. I think it's a good way to think about the league going into each season. So let's start with you. Who's your first one? Okay, so... The way we phrase this when we were talking was, who's this year's Titans? And I don't think the Titans were so good last year that it precludes them from being... No, I agree. ...from being this year's team. So They may I, be the best answer to this, honestly. Yeah, they're gonna, they were 9-7 and seven last year. They're going to go 10-6, and six and they're probably going to make the playoffs. They're going to be in a dogfight with the Houston Texans, um, and it just depends what goes on with the quarterback there as far as who wins that division. Does one team win 11 games or not? I think it's going to be really exciting to see. Marcus Mariota is going to emerge as a superstar this year. There's personalities on that team people are going to love. People like even Delaney Walker, who obviously had a, a run at notoriety when he was with the Niners during the great Harbaugh years, has sort of 
produced a lot in in semi anonymity in Nashville for the past uh, past few seasons, and I think he's going to reemerge. Um, you know, some of those they're just they're a a great team to be around. I was around them a couple weeks ago. I know there's a lot of jokes about Mike Malarkey. We've made a bunch of them, but I think he's 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 actually kind of an okay coach for this team. And John Robinson's a great GM, so I, I love them. Um, I think the Bengals may may surprise people a little bit, and, but but I want to actually get to another team that I think will really surprise people in a vacuum, and that's the Cleveland Browns, because I, I you know we've mentioned this a few times, but I think people think they're tanking again, and and they're not. They they do have some nice talent. Jabril Peppers is going to make some plays. Um, you know the tight end David Njoko is is, is awesome. Um, so I you know if everyone's healthy, if everyone can play. They're going to be extremely, they're going to be the most fun six to seven win team you can possibly imagine. I think they'll be entertaining, but if we're looking at a team that could kind of become the darling of the season, and I think you'd have to talk about somebody that's at least close to contention, and I still feel like the Browns are far away from that. Oh, definitely. The Titans are I think, there I think the I think this is the year the Browns start winning games against pretty good teams. This is like the... Right now, I would say this question is about who's last year's Raiders. You know, the team that was exciting. Sure. You know, I don't the, know if the there Cowboys is any are on a whole ex- different plane. I don't know if there is any either. Except, you know, the, except one of the teams you're about to name. You think the Bucks are? I think they. if anyone is going to go from non-playoffs to are they going to win the Super Bowl, it would be them. If anyone's going to do it, it would be them. That, that's a you know the roadmap to that is pretty clear you know there i think them and the titans are the two teams that everyone's mentioning in part because of quarterback trajectory right it's not an accident that both of those guys were picked three years ago together you know this is their third season and we just expect that jump we're going to intertwine those guys forever and i think the excitement is you know not all the way a product of that but at least partly a product of that the offense has a chance to be really good. I mean, if Jameis takes a step forward and you have him and Deshaun and Mike Evans and OJ Howard and Doug Martin looks pretty good again. People forget Doug Martin was great two years ago and that if he's even close to that, they're going to have a decent running game. The offensive line struggles in pass protection at times, but I think overall they'll be able to move the ball on the ground if Martin's back. And there's a chance they're really exciting. The defense is fine. You know, there's nothing to be sad it's or worried about. Swing, I think. Yeah, and I think that they have enough talent over there to be good enough to not hurt what could be a really good offense. So yeah, I understand that one. The other one I would say, this I don't know why I think this. Maybe it's just because I've watched so many Kenny Galladay highlights over oh the last God. week. Oh no! I just feel like the Lions could have a chance to be exciting. I don't know how good they'll be because I think their defense is going to be not so great, but I think that offense has a chance to be really good. And I know that they lost Taylor Decker. That sucks. I feel like that line, how they retooled it, could have gone from a weakness to maybe a strength this season. But I think if Galladay can play, and it's him, Marvin Jones, and Golden Tate on the outside, and then you have Theo Riddick and Amir Abdul in the backfield. I love Theo Riddick. I've never been shy about that. I just think that brand of football could be very fun. And also, if you're trying to tell somebody to get into a team, hating the coach of that team is always a part of that process. And I feel like instantly It's the only thing it. that brings all football fans together. And I think that if you told somebody like from France that had never watched a football game, you watch this team, you will love them so much at times, and you will hate Jim Caldwell with this undying passion. I just feel like it'd be the purest instantaneous, like, it'd be the purest introduction to the football fan experience. Absolutely. Um, the Kenny Galladay thing, you've just become, you've become one with fantasy football Twitter. 
Well, he, the guy's made some really nice plays. I know. It's it always it's interesting to me. It always starts with fantasy football Twitter because they're they're mining all those 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 gems and then it grows. But you've you've bought in. I kind of like that. Well, I mean, if the guy can make that sort of play, if he that's the sort of receiver that he is, you think about we just talked about Anquan Bolden before. How many receptions and targets Bolden got in this offense? They have an sure. outside. They have a a spot that somebody needs to fill. Yeah, and it, that can be Kenny Galladay, and it's. He could look worse, you know. <laughs> the guy. I'm not saying he's gonna be Hall of no, Famer. No, no, I know, I know. He's just still he's still working with the second unit. Let's 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 call. I'm pretty sure he's down. with the starters now. Now he's back. He's back to the second unit. All right. Well, we'll just say that I assume he's gonna get some first team work before it's all said and done. He's back. He's back in his natural habitat. No, I'm I'm kidding. He, he, I'm sure he'll be fine. It's just I I love preseason hype is all. No, it's great. And again, I'm not saying he's gonna catch. 80 balls, but I think that having that element to go along with the rest of the players that they have, many of whom are pretty good, I just think that it could be an exciting brand of football for people that don't have a rooting interest. I mean, I I cannot think of a more exciting team last year than the Lions. I think the Lions had even a more exciting season than the Raiders. They had more of those insane fourth quarter comebacks than the Raiders did, even though everyone talked about the Raiders' comebacks the entire year. And I don't know how good Matthew Stafford is, but Matthew Stafford is fun. I mean, Matthew Stafford gets some throws off that he has no business doing. Hit the arm angle stuff and the way that he's able to improvise back there occasionally. Again, I don't know how effective and consistent a brand of football it is, but I do think it's an interesting one. Do you ever think about how good Matthew Stafford's going to be considered in five years when all the entire golden generation of quarterbacks retires? Or just 10 years from now or 20 years from now when people are looking at the numbers. Like, yeah, no, I understand Matthew that. Stafford. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. I mean, people also, if they look at the numbers, consider Drew Brees to be, you know, maybe even, I mean, statistically, he blows guys like Brady away just as far as the 5,000 yard seasons. But to me, it's for Brees, it's not the counting numbers. No, I know that. It's the, their efficiencies in like the top no, three no, every I get that. single I'm saying year. If someone that just, not the case If someone Stafford. picks up the, 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 the sports almanac, if Biff Tannen picks up the sports almanac in 30 years, he says, this Brees guy was pretty damn good. Um, no, but when, in Stafford, in like five years, when, when that whole generation goes, Stafford is going to be like top dog. Well, it's kind of the conversation we're already having about his contract, right? Just, yeah, oh man, Matthew Stafford's going to be the, gonna be the, highest, get paid. the highest paid player in NFL history. Like almost certainly. Matthew Stafford did a great job of timing when he came into the league. The 2009 was a great time to be in the, a rookie that, with the first overall pick. Those two years, man. Dominican Sue and Gerald McCoy have done just fine too. And Sam Bradford ain't hurting. It's phenomenal. It's, it's, he, is, he is the smartest man in football. Coming up, we're going to tackle your questions from Twitter, including one that points to a Patriots weakness that could end their playoff run early. I said could. But probably not. Nope. We're also going to talk some storylines that we think are being grossly overlooked right now. Panthers fans and Broncos fans may not want to pay attention. But first, let's take a quick break for our sponsor. I want to point out that for over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home to NFL Sunday Ticket, the only way to get every live game every Sunday. Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an apartment or you're an enrolled college student, now you can get NFL Sunday Ticket without a satellite. That's me. That makes me excited. To see if you're eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Again, that's NFLSundayTicket.tv, promo code RINGER. All right, Kevin, let's dig into our Twitter questions today. We got a lot of them. We can only have time for a few. Again, though, thank you to everyone that participated. We always appreciate it. First up, we're going to go with Crazy High 60 who wants to know, 
outside of the quarterbacks, who is the player on Super Bowl contending teams that can, they can't afford to lose to injury or have underperform? Well, we found out the answer to this question last year. And I feel like this is not fair. You, and it you, has we've already to seen happen it in play. again. And it's how is it wrong? No, you're right. I mean, this is probably the correct answer. It is Mr. Earl Thomas in Seattle who famously was injured last year in a primetime game, and that team forgot how to play football. Um, I've never seen a more direct uh, application of the what would this team look without this guy because we've already t- we've always talked about how valuable Earl Thomas is to the Seattle Seahawks, and we got to see it in real time with like 30 million people watching. It was uh, it was something to behold. Yeah, and we've had that. I was going to say it was an age old argument, but that's not entirely true because Earl Thomas has only been in the league for like seven years. Feels like who is the most important player on the Seahawks defense? I was always an Earl Thomas believer, and I I think we have a definitive answer on that. It's probably Earl Thomas. I I campaigned for Earl Thomas to be named retroactive MVP for the past five seasons after seeing what they looked like without him. That's totally fair. Uh, I don't think you're off base there. I'm also going with a defensive player because I feel like on offense, if you don't lose the quarterback, you can still sustain. You know, even if like the Falcons lost Julio Jones, mm-hmm. them having Matt Ryan, they'd still be I fine. Mean, they've they've lost Julio Jones for games at a time. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, not last year really. I mean, he played most of the last season, but for the most part, yes. You know, he's. We've seen that offense without Julio Jones. I think they'd still be okay if less dynamic. With a defense, if you take out the most important piece, it can kind of become a house of cards. And I feel like with the Raiders, that would be true if they lost Khalil Mack. Mm. I just don't think they have the defensive talent elsewhere on that roster, even with that influx of young guys in the secondary, to lose Mack. He's just too good. He affects the game too often. They don't have enough guys getting after the quarterback that aren't him. I just feel like they would really struggle if they lost him for an extended amount of time. Agree. I think that the edge rusher in the modern game has been overstated. I think there's too much quick passing. I think that there's um, too many smart teams that just know how to, to neutralize it. What Khalil Mack does is he wrecks games. There were so many games or three or four where he just directly just like basically got the game winning sack yes. or or had a strip sack or changed the nature of the game he was incredible and so it doesn't take much i mean you know i, I think he was talking about getting 30 sacks something I that's just not going to happen just by the nature of the sport now and the nature of, of the passing game in the nfl but what is going to happen if he's healthy for a full season and, and and he plays like he did last year is he's going to have again two or three games where he in the fourth quarter changes the conversation of the game. And I think that is so insanely valuable. Yeah, I think that the edge rusher is becoming a little less important. We're going to get to that a little bit as part of a bigger conversation that we're having with our last question of the day. But there are some guys that have transcended that. Von Miller is in that conversation. You know, there's guys that are so good, get to the quarterback so quickly, and also are expert run defenders. They just are always affecting the game, even if the sack tolls. Those two are one A and one B. Yes. And you know, you and, have you have sort of the the second wave of those guys. You know, Justin Houston is like that. But I mean, Miller and Mack are so far above everybody from an edge perspective. Aaron Donald's a different conversation. Well, if a healthy Watt, you know, is right there, we'll see what Joey Bosa eventually Watt. becomes. Are we do, are we doing this again? I don't know. We t- people have heard about how good he looks this week. So, if, oh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm not going to have this conversation and not mention JJ Watt's name. No, the I guy's know. won the Defensive Player of the Year three times in the last six I'm years. I'm just saying, he I w- affects the game pretty often. I, I'd like to see him healthy again. 
That's then we fine. can talk about it. I'm, I'm not going to have this be a, a part of a public record and not have J.J. Watt's name in this conversation. Public record. They're going to look back and they're going to be studying this in 100 years. And That's they're gonna fine find with out me, that man. I, was I just want to cover JJ myself. Watt. And then Bosa, I feel like we'll see what happens this year. Yeah. I mean, he was so good last year. But to me, that's the type of player. You could afford to lose pretty much anybody else. I think that the way the game has gone, you talk about edge rushers being less important. I think guys in the middle of the defense on the back end are more important. I think guys on the edge are still more important on the front end of your defense. So I think a pass rusher or a safety, two guys we mentioned, would be the guys teams could least afford to lose. I agree. I, I I agree. I mean, the Mac thing. If 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 the Raiders had to play like double digit games without Mac, I mean, they they better score fifty points a game. I'd be really curious to see what the Pittsburgh offense would look like without Antonio Brown. I I mean, I'm not curious to see it. I don't want to because I enjoy watching them so much. But we've never seen that. You know, of all the guys they've lost, all of the iterations they've had to face, we haven't seen that offense without him. He missed a so, game last year. Yeah, just the one. I mean, yeah. just like for an extended amount of time is what I'm saying. We, no, we've, I know. We've seen months of life without Martavis Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. That's not true for without Antonio Brown. So I feel like they could be they could afford a game or two, but six, eight. I, I just don't know how well they'd be able to overcome that. We were talking earlier about the the Europeans who are trying to get into football. The one thing I don't recommend anyone watch if they're trying to get into football is a Landry Jones starting Steelers game. All right, we got time for one more today, and it comes from at Roulette's Dare on Twitter. Big Mars, a, big Mars Volta fan. There, I enjoy the Mars dares. Volta. I uh, I like their stylings. So is the this is something that a lot of people asked me just independently of us soliciting questions. Is the Patriots' lack of a defensive line does that threaten a deep run into the playoffs? Oh my them? god. Is the, what is the answer to that for you, Kevin? Oh, my God. That's my answer. All right. So they traded Chandler Jones away, traded Jamie Collins away. They won the Super Bowl. Um, they once lost Tom Brady for a season. They won 11 games. Uh, I don't think, you know, the, apocaly- the, the eclipse has come and gone, and there's been no apocalypse. So literally nothing can stop them from having a deep playoff run. So I tweeted this, and I very much believe it. When you lose a third round rookie and people are like, oh no, this is it. It's over. This is the worst thing that could have happened. You know, you're doing pretty well. Like that, that is the state of the current Patriots roster. It's like, oh gosh, Derek Rivers is hurt. What's going to happen? I very, I believe Derek Rivers can be a good NFL player. And people really like the pick when they made it. Two things about that. He's still a third round pick from this year. And second, edge rushers in this scheme have always been limited in what they should do compared to other teams. We, they've never been forced to do as much for the Patriots as they do for other teams. This is a read and react defense. And, and I feel like not having one dominant edge guy, they're not that away from winning 16 games. They're going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree with you. I, I think that a lot of times you like to poke holes. and Oh, yeah, this this is the weakness here. I teams mean, are, people are trying to poke holes here. It's not working. It's really not working. It is really not working. And so th- th- there's, for me, I, there's just... I mean, Brady and Belichick are still there. They'll they'll figure out a way. And the defense is still pretty good. Yeah, they'll be fine. They still have a lot of good players. They have Stephon Gilmore, and I know Dante Howard is hurt now, but Devin McCourty, they're going to get they're going to get some guy off waivers in like a week from 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 the Ravens, and he's going to win three games for them. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. They found about Rob that. Ninkovich on the 7 one and fifteen Dolphins. <laughs> That's another thing. Rob Ninkovich retired. What are they going to do? 
Yeah, oh, sure wow. right. oh, what we could do with Rob Ninkovich? They got Shea McClellan, who uh, sucked for the Bears. He's about to be an eleven-time Pro Bowler only because Bill Belichick told him no, what to stop. do. No, that we're still we're cutting this off here. Absolutely do your job. Not. He did, all he had to do was t- tell Shea McClellan to do his job, and now he's going to Canton. I haven't seen any evidence of that. I just know that that's what's going to happen. No, that's absolutely not going to happen. We've got one more question left today, but first I want to know who you guys are picking for this McGregor-Mayweather matchup. It's the biggest fight in the last 20 years, so if you're looking to cash in on your sports knowledge, mybookie.ag is offering up to a 100% signing bonus on your first deposit. With mybookie, you don't have to go to Vegas for great sports betting or ask around at any of the CD bars to find a guy who knows a guy. My guy is mybookie.ag. It's online sports betting made easy, and they accept bets anywhere, anytime. Bet the fight, bet any game, college or pro. MyBookie.ag makes it easy to sign up and even easier to play. They have some of the fastest payout times in the business with 48-hour processing. And right now, for our listeners, you can head over to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code RINGERNFL for a bonus of up to 100% on your first deposit. Expert rookie, you've got to check out MyBookie. Win some money on the fight today. All right, Kevin, last question for today. What has been the most overlooked storyline to you this preseason? Just something we've been sweeping under the rug, even though we shouldn't be. Well, I mean, I think there are two things. I think they're two separate players, and I think that they're both massive question marks. Cam Newton has surgery. He has shoulder problems, and he's been pretty slow to get out there. I was out there um, in in August, and and he wasn't throwing. I think that on Monday, he participated in every drill for the first time. But, you know, look, if you're doing that in late August, that's still a sign that there's there's a tough road to go. And I, I just feel like we're going to see him start very slowly. I think everything we have a couple of times talked about the Panthers being a bounce back team with Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. Samuel, by the way, is healthy again for the first time since college, basically. And so I think that there's the big hiccup here is what if Cam Newton's not ready to play? And what if, what if they go, he goes out there too early or they throw out Derek Anderson in week one? I mean, I still have full confidence that Cam Newton in week one is going to look good. But I think, I mean, there, there is a chance there, man, that he starts slow and then the whole season goes downhill. Second thing, Andrew Luck. I, you know, he's still, he's still not where he needs to be. The Colts refuse to get a competent guy there. I mean, I guess that's to suggest that, that, Andrew Luck is is healthier than people think, and that he'll be there week one. But man, that could be a massive disaster if you got Scott Tolzien in the, in the Indianapolis Colts. And then what happens if Andrew Luck comes back after six weeks on pup and he looks good, and they win, you know, eight of their last ten games, and then their playoff run was screwed up because they had Tolzien for the first month of the season? It's ridiculous. I guess I understand that. I also think the Colts just wouldn't care if they went six and ten this year. Like that part of me is just yeah, Andrew opinion. Luck would care. I mean, Andrew Luck's really good, man. He, I we've seen that. him. We've seen him d- create a lot of crap uh, out of nothing. I'll be curious to see how that unfolds. I feel like that's something that I know you've been interested in that. We've talked about it a decent amount. The Cam Newton thing, I feel like is interesting because it's not as if it's just a complete carryover with their offense. You know, the reason that we're excited, part of the reason at least about Carolina is that we feel like the dynamic that could be there with McCaffrey and with Samuel is going to be a little different than the way they played before. So you kind of would have liked Cam Newton to get some time with those guys and with that approach coming into the season. I know the terminology is going to be the same. I know that he spent a lot of time with Mike Shula. There's a relationship there. It's not a disaster. I just feel like, again, not all continuity situations are the same. Sometimes it's different in terms of how much is going to change. How much do you know? Doug Marone's a first year coach, but 
he still has experience with Blake Bortles. Mike Shula has been the offensive coordinator in Carolina for years, but you would assume that this is going to look a little bit different. And with that in mind, you're right. I think I would temper my expectations for how good Carolina can be as this team that's supposed to bounce back in a big way. Brian O'Hanlon was on our show a couple weeks ago, and he asked if the Jets should go without a quarterback for the 2017 season. If Cam Newton can't play the first game of the season, should they just direct snap to McCaffrey instead of starting Derek Anderson? And then send C- Curtis Samuel in motion every time? Yeah, just or just the have them tee. both back there. <laughs> the Let's go, Mike choose. Shula. Let's go, Ryan, Mike. Ryan Khalil just picks who he wants to snap the ball to. <laughs> it's, an, it's a check with me. Who am I going to snap to? Check with 67 every play. Yep. Oh, goodness. I, you know, I've got watching McCaffrey, though. He looks fun. I mean, I, I wanted him to be good. I think he's exciting. I wasn't sure how much pounding he could take. He's a smaller guy. He still isn't going to break a lot of tackles. I feel like we've seen that already. He's going to go down pretty quick. But when you're eight yards into the defensive backfield, who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Let's get teams need to get weirder. <laughs> That's all you want. You just want weird shit to happen all the time. One time I asked Rick, uh, Rob Ryan, I, 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 I asked him, he was putting three safeties in the field after they signed Jairus Bird. And I said, uh, how weird can you get on defense? And he said, I'm always ready to get weird, man. And I said, this is the worst interview I've ever done. Yeah, that has nothing to do with what he was doing on the field. No, nope, he, was, he had no, idea, was I, he had no idea I was talking about football. <laughs> All right, the one that I just have been thinking about all week, and I think it's relevant because of the news. Should we be talking about how the Broncos might be really bad? Like, is that is that something that is in play here? Because it feels like it is. Wow. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I actually thought the Broncos were going to be pretty good because I had inherent trust in John Elway. Now, all of a sudden, you hear that, that not only is Trevor Simeon not only is he winning and won the quarterback competition, which we already knew was going to happen, but apparently it wasn't close. Is, is Paxton Lynch just like not showing up for practice or something? So this is, I think, part of my point in the trust in John Elway thing. Obviously, what he did in those first couple of years, especially assembling that defense and just the way that we talked about this before wasn't the most creative way, but using every resource to make that team better. They did that in a way that Seattle did, in a way that the good teams do. But then I'm going back and I'm looking at their draft history over the last few years. Yeah. And it, it's worrisome. Yeah. Okay. So let's say starting in 2013, Derek Wolf is a good player. Brock Osweiler is not. This is 2012. 2013, Sly Williams in the first round, Monty Ball in the second round, Kayvon Webster in the third round. Fine. You know, like Monty Ball is a huge bust. Sly Williams has been whatever. Year after, Bradley Roby, good player. Cody Latimer, not a good player. Michael Schofield hasn't been able to get on the field for them. Matt Paradis, really good center. That's a great pick. 2014, or 20, excuse me, 2015, Shane Ray, okay. Ty Brelo in the second round. Nope. I mean, it's just every, it has, it's been rough. It's been rough. And I think it gets to its nadir here with Paxton Lynch not being able to play. We don't see many first round picks not get on the field as rookies anymore. If you can go two years without getting in the game, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a good sign that things are, are going south. And this I is mean, not, this is, by the way, the quarterback thing in Denver, this is not exactly Drew Brees holding off Phillip Rivers here. Exactly. This is a seventh round pick that they had as a stopgap last year because they literally couldn't sign yeah, Brock Osweiler. A seventh Osweiler. round pick who looked like a seventh round pick. Trevor Simeon is, he's about what you'd expect, man. I mean, the, the fact that he can't, 
I, yeah, the fact that Lynch can't beat him out is a problem. I'm I mean, God to, bless him for starting in the NFL and, exactly. and making I mean, money. The, Good for I, him. He's a I'm hell. Sure he's, he'll be a, he's doing a hell a of a backup. lot. He's doing a hell of a lot better than I am. I did, a, I did a boxing be, class yesterday. I can't move. Trevor Simeon will be in the league for a while, probably. You know, I'm sure he'll be a backup. He'll be a guy people like to have around. I don't think he's a starting quarterback on a team with Super Bowl aspirations. And this team apparently does. So it just doesn't seem like their offense is going to get to a level that can not torpedo how good the defense is. Three straight and- losses. They went 0-3 in December last year when Simeon started. 10 points in one loss. The next loss, 3 points. The next loss, 10 points. It's not as if the Broncos offense has so much of an infrastructure that doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The line is still rough. We still don't know who the number one running back is going to be there consistently. I mean, it's not as if they have these pieces that are just like plug and play everywhere else. You like the receivers. You know, both of those guys are, are good. I think that Demarius Thomas is never is never going to be anything close to what he was three years ago, but he's still solid. Outside of that, it's not as if you can just say, we can skimp on quarterback and be fine. Uh, anyone who's ever said we can skip on quarterback and be fine has gone five and eleven. Well, I mean, that's not what I mean necessarily. It's just that we we don't need the best quarterback of all right. time because we built our offense in a different way. You know, they Marcus had, they had, they had the best the quarterback best. last year. They, the Broncos had the best quarterback of all time, and then uh, he stopped. He had four neck surgeries and stopped his body stopped working, and they still won the Super Bowl. The other thing I want to mention that it just seems like we've been you know bringing it up once a week, but it isn't a big deal. It doesn't seem like Aaron Donald is going to play. Like, he seems very intent on sitting out. Yeah, I don't believe that. Well, if I mean, it feels like he's more committed to it than most guys typically are. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is going to be there. Uh, Aaron Donald, it seems like he has no interest in this. Did and, you, I, I just want to say something about Bell real quick. I love the Schefter report that was like, Le'Veon Bell is going to show up. He doesn't know when. Has anyone like just more efficiently skipped training camp? What's like, no, no, I mean, just like he clearly just didn't. I mean, like if he's if he's if he's telling if someone is telling Adam Schefter he's going to show up no matter what, then it's not really a holdout. He just didn't want to do training camp. Sure, I think that was a big part of this for him. Probably that was great. It was awesome. Yeah, a it was great like move. Jay Cutler skipped the first two weeks training camp with this little. You know, I work for Fox and now I've trained as a broadcaster. That was pretty suave. I think that was a little more intricate. I'm not sure that was Jay's plan from the get-go. Kaiser Soze with the Fox Broadcasting deal. Oh, by the way, I play for the Dolphins now. I'm just going to be so sad if Aaron Donald doesn't play. That's all I'm saying. Sean Was not was Sean Gilbert the last player who was of any significance who skipped an entire season? I can't remember. That I mean, that was, that was 20 years ago. I mean, yeah, I, I just I don't, mean, I don't think it happens well, very often. Cam, we'll Cam Chancellor showed up. Darrell Revis showed up. But Cam Chancellor missed time. No, of course he did. But I'm I mean, just saying. I'm I remember saying, Lance Briggs when I was, you know, back in the day, he missed a couple of games. It's still not fun for guys to miss games. It's not. Aaron Donald is that important. Where if Aaron Donald misses two games, it doesn't seem like the Rams have any chance of winning those games. I'm going to skip camp next year. Is <laughs> out? I'm going to hold out. When yeah. are you going to show up? Like week four, so you make sure that you're che- like you vest one year in the league. Yeah, no, I'm going to get my game checks. <laughs> I respect that. How yeah. early? Like you show up the day before the game, the week before. A couple, a couple of Sunday morning, Sunday morning of week one on the West coast. That's yeah. ballsy, man. Yeah. You have to get up pretty early and make that call. Yeah, man. You got, you got to let them know your value. All right, buddy. That's it. That's all we got for today. We got 20 questions in the bag, about two thirds of the way done. We'll be back on Friday with another batch as we count down our 33 questions for this preseason. As always, thank you for listening to the ring around NFL show presented by direct TV. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks guys.
Things change, the weather changes, your mood definitely changes. So why lock yourself into plans that may change? With Hotel Tonight, you don't have to, because you'll get incredible deals on awesome hotels, even at the last minute. Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by ear, while knowing you'll score a great price and a great place to stay. So download the Hotel Tonight app to find seriously amazing deals now.